deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast, brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your host, Dustin Vaughn Warnke, author, outdoor writer, videographer, speaker, blogger, and podcaster, and I'm so excited that you've taken the opportunity to download or stream our show online, however you are listening. Thank you so much for doing so. Well, we're back with another show. It's that time of the week again, and I'm really excited to have you on board because we are going to talk with a past guest of the Best of the Outdoors podcast in its earlier days, and that is Bill Carey. He is the owner of Striper Express Guide Service, which is based on Lake Texoma. And they fish some other lakes from time to time, but Texoma is kind of their home base where they are. And uh, Bill Carey runs the guide service business with his son being the head guide of the business. He mainly works in the office now. But uh, he's been guiding for over 30 years, and uh, the neat thing about this is that, um, you know, it's just a legacy and a tradition uh, to fish with him, and uh, we're excited about this because we have so much fun in this interview, and uh, I'm excited to have the opportunity to share this with you. And I apologize in advance. I laugh a lot because Bill is just an awesome character to get along with, and I love to talk fishing, and... Uh, It's been a while since we've done a fishing podcast, so I figured it's time to get back into that with us entering the fall months and talking about hunting and that kind of stuff in the last few shows. Uh, Fishing, I figure, would be kind of a welcomed welcomed, uh, change for a little while, and so I'm really excited about having this show for you this week. So here's my interview with Bill Carey from Striper Express Guide Service. Well, Mr. Bill Carey, welcome back to the Best of the Outdoors podcast. I know you've been on here before with me. We talked about stripers. We talked about Great Lake Texoma, and there's so much that we can visit about. How are you doing today, sir? Good morning, Mr. Dustin, and all y'all outdoorsmen and outdoor girls. All right. And podcast land, right? (laughs) You betcha. You betcha. Glad to be back. Oh, it's great to have you again. And uh, just give me kind of a rundown of what's going on on Lake Texoma right now and just what people can expect in general fishing in most lakes in Texas, um, what people can expect, um, you know, to to find in uh, striper, catfish, white bass, you tell me. Well, okay, let's start with our best-known fish. Lake Texoma, folks, is the considered the striper capital of the United States. Um, I'll expand on that a little. We happen to have the best documented natural spawn of freshwater stripers in the country. Yes. There's a reason why. We have 235 tons of salt that leach out of salt domes way up the Red River, which is one of our two major tributaries, up by Vernon, Texas. And it leaches into the lake. And the striper spawns like a salmon. It does not make a bed. It runs upriver. And when the males and females are upriver and the female drops her eggs, they are fertilized and they have to float. And this little bit of salinity allows that egg to be a little more buoyant in turn provides us with the best spawn in the country. So it's reflected in our daily limit. You're allowed twice the Texas state limit of 10. You're allowed 10 stripers per day here per angler. So it's a great lake. She naturally reproduces. 
Matter of fact, the hatcheries in Wichita Falls come and get our fish to take and make babies for all the rest of the Texas lakes. Wow, and there's no nat there's it's all naturally spawning, so there's no stocking needed on Lake Texoma, is that correct? That's right. It hasn't been stocked and oh Lord. Um what did we figure out, Dustin, the lake was dammed up and closed the gates in nineteen forty four. Right, seventy two so years. Seventy two years. And the striped bass was introduced as a uh, test. And then, um, I'm not going to use this for fact, but I would say we haven't had a stocking in 25 years. Wow. I mean, that's a long time to have a self-sustaining population of big stripers like that. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, our lake is a lake of numbers and size. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anybody that's familiar with the Granddaddy Lakes, the closest are the Arkansas Lakes. You can go up there and fish for a couple of days for a trophy, but our lake has got action. So you're going to end up with catching a lot of fish and have a chance of a good fish. And our big fish run 15 to 20 pounds. Those are when you get up into the trophy range. You talk about some shoulders on some fish. I mean, fight a big old 15-pound, 20-pound striper. I mean, you're dealing with one of the hardest fighting freshwater fishes known to man. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's amazing. It truly is. It truly is. Uh, we're all old and i've been writing it for years that the striped bass is definitely the strongest fighting fish in fresh water in the united states no doubt uh, my son laughs at me because i run the show folks and they moved me to the front office a few years ago and after 25 plus years on the water and when i do get to sneak out and go fishing with him i always say Boy, these fish pull hard. And he goes, Dad, every time you come back out, you always say that. <laughs> you say the same thing. <laughs> but, you That's know, great. he says the same thing, Jimmy Houston. Mm -hmm. Last time we filmed with Jimmy, he'd look at the camera and he goes, I forgot how hard these fish pull. Because, <laughs> folks, they will, they will stretch your string. We tell the dads that we'll get these kids up here. Wear their rear ends out and send them home snoring. <laughs> send them home sleeping on the drive home, huh? <laughs> That's right. And the girls... We're going to send you home with sore tummies, so get ready. Wow, that's great. I love it. I love talking to you every time we do one of these podcasts. This is just uh joy of my day right here. <laughs> well, you know, it's a pleasure, Dustin, to talk to outdoors people, and I give all the credit to this great lake. Uh, we've been here for a long time, and, man, I, I just life is good. That's great. That's really great. So tell me about some of the other species that aren't as well-known. I mean, obviously, Texoma is known as a striper lake, but what are some other species that are not as well-known on on, um, on Texoma that uh, people should look out for? Well, let's talk about the largemouth. How about that? Sure. All right. Uh, our stockings in the last, oh, 15, 20 years uh, have really done well, and uh, we attract large tournaments because this is a large lake and we've got plenty of lodging so uh, we just had bass elite b-a-s-s -S elite here and it was a two-day tournament and the guys were after a three-day tournament were ending up with 70 pound sacks that's a good bass lake that's really good it was um oh lord um we catch i guess we ought to explain our niche, or outside the box, what Striper Express Yes, is I was going to bring that up next. One thing Striper Express is known for compared to other guides on the lake. Yes, folks, we use artificial lures only. If you like to chunk and whine, 
I tell folks, you called the right place. We do not, <laughs> we do not use live bait. Live bait is a fun way to catch them, but you're just reeling them in. Right. When you're when you're with us, you're going out in the morning. You are casting. You are setting the hook. You are fighting the fish. And the, one of the best things about stripers is they're schooling fish. And you'll be out there fishing. All of a sudden, Dustin will say, "Fish on," and it dominoes down the boat turns into a fire drill and you've got fish in the floor and they react to each other and man it just gets really crazy so that's one thing great about the striper you can't uh, catch them fast enough when they start schooling and they start hitting hitting lures like that oh it's a blast you know we have stories when we're throwing plugs of catching two on the same plug oh my gosh so it's just insane <laughs> yeah. i love it oh boy i do too dustin this lake is just it's just a natural phenomenon how it reproduces and just keeps on kicking them out. Wow, and that's incredible. So you have largemouth bass. How about smallmouth bass? Smallmouth. Wow. Did we have a year of smallmouth? We found some smallmouth, and we would switch over because you can't. When you start catching these smallmouth, you can't deny them. And I've got a picture of a great customer, Steve Purcell, avid outdoorsman. With this is no joke, folks. A seven-pound smallmouth. Wow, that's a huge smallmouth bass. Oh my goodness! It is. And uh, the same day, this is a good story. Actually, it was um, it was the heat of the summer, right at the end of August, which is rare. But they were going to some smallmouth holes, and uh, Steve likes to fish for just a few hours. And they threw top waters, and they were all using pop bars. They caught 21 smallies by 9.15, and that was the day that they had the six and a half and the seven. Just incredible morning. On topwater plugs. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, my man. goodness. I mean, what a lake. Wow. Yeah, it's just a hoot. Boy, those smallmouth fish. Uh, small. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, folks, we all catch bass, but uh, smallmouth, you know, when you start getting up into that, my goodness, those are trophies. Oh, for sure, especially up in that range. That's for darn sure. Let's see. Okay, there's the smallmouth. The largemouth are doing great. And just last week, I got a picture of one of the guys caught and released an 8-2. So, you know, <laughs> that's bigger than any smallmouth, a largemouth I've ever caught. That's a big fish, yeah. My biggest is in the fives or sixes. It's not not any yeah. more than that. I mean, that's that's great. Wow. You know, folks, oh, oh, Dustin, help me. How long ago did they cut the Florida's in? 25, 30 years ago? Yeah, it's been about that long, I would say. Folks, be- uh, I'm old enough to go back to what we call the native largemouth, and they brought in the Florida strain, and that is a bigger fish, and that's why Texas has now become one of the top largemouth lakes in the country. Right. And, boy, they have taken off so well. They're bigger, they're more genetics, I guess. You know, everybody knows that the world record came from Georgia and right there on the Florida border. Mm-hmm. And uh, the largemouth are doing great. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the largest, uh, I want to say 9-2. My son caught a 9-2. Chris is, Chris Carey is my son. He is head guide, senior guide, and partner. And uh, he fishes over 300 days a year. So you're going to hear me refer to Chris a lot. Well, and if you look at any of the videos, Bill, of the um, 
videos that I edit for you, at least, the um, the ones that uh, you catch the most fish is typically Chris. I mean, he's the one that knows the fish the best, you know, on that lake and how to work those lures and how to bring those in. You know, I've done a couple of videos uh, in the past for you, and it's just amazing watching him work. I mean, he's a pro. <laughs> he really is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no nepotism involved. He's just uh, he's a good one. You know, folks, we run seven boats here, and uh, Chris is head senior guide. So he's uh, when I moved off to the front office, Chris became the media guy. He's the one that does all the filming, and uh, he's the front guy now with all TV articles. And uh, if he wasn't fishing today, he'd be talking to Mr. Preston. But the old man's going to talk to you all about it. I like talking to you. <laughs> You're fun. Well, I've never... I've never been accused of being quiet. Yeah, that's I right. Talk fishing. <laughs> that's right. When we talk fishing, we talk. And when we normally get on the phone with each other, I mean, we talk for a good, what, 30 minutes or an hour about fishing, you know. <laughs> it's just you a bet. blast. It's fun, you know. And, you uh, betcha. I love talking fishing. But, yeah, um, the other best-kept secret that we talked about on the podcast uh, the last time you and I hooked up together was uh, catfish. Is that right? Oh, my Lord. Yes, sir, Bob. Folks, Lake Texoma like we said a minute ago, was built in 44. So before that, it was the Red River. This lake is the Red River Valley. Everybody's heard of that. Yes. And our other major tributary is called the Washita. It comes across Oklahoma. And I guess we ought to explain where we are, huh? Yes, I mean definitely. I, I kind of explained it in the in the intro of the podcast. We're kind of on y'all are kind of on between the um, on the Red River, on Lake Texoma between Texas and Oklahoma. Is that right? You're that on the border. That is correct. Right. That is correct. Um, they dammed up the the Red and the Washita and made this great lake. It's a big lake. This lake has 580 miles of shoreline wow. and it's 90,000 acres. That's a huge lake. I mean, we have some big lakes in Texas anyway. If you look at Toledo Bend, that used to be the largest one, you know, in the nation there for a while before the, the other ones started getting built. And then you've got Sam Rayburn, you've got, you know, Falcon, Amstead, and South Texas, uh, West Texas. You've got some big lakes, but Texoma is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, that's a huge lake. It is. Uh, it's so diverse. That's what makes things so good. So... We were talking about the catfish. Probably the most popular here, folks, is the high fin blue cat. Our cats get huge. Um, we happen to snag them. Uh, we've got a little secret here. We allow, you know, we call it gravy. When people come and spend the night, we will let them fish our dock. Ooh. That is where all the striper white bass are clean so there's a pile underwater of all these carcasses and the big cats come in there and nibble on them huh so there's every guide service has their own catfish hole it's like a baited hole um i posted on facebook a 54 pounder that we had a client catch last week and when i mentioned it to chris he goes Stand by. And he sends me four pictures of 30s to 50s that he said, these are fish we caught this week. And I went, oh, my. You know, yeah. We had two 50s last week. Uh, and, you know, folks, I say that, and I do realize that that is a fish of a lifetime. It is. I try and tell my guides, don't get complacent. You know, these fish are truly a trophy. And we should definitely let everybody know that these fish are too magnificent 
to clean. Right. They're so too big. <laughs> we catch and release. Right. We catch and release. Yes, sir. Uh, Dustin and I were talking about this, folks, and uh, some of these catfish, Lake Texoma, held the world record for 15 years at 121 pounds. Goodness. That's a hoss of a fish. I mean, you talk about a fish of a lifetime. That's a lake record, though. I mean, that's, wow. It was huge. And um, my personal best, I say mine, a client, we were out there slabbing, and he stuck a fish, and I didn't know who was going to win. <laughs> His hands full. We got it up into the boat, we weighed it, and we took pictures, and we let it go, and our personal best is 87. Gee whiz, that's amazing. And, I mean, that all being said, I, I've never talked about this on the podcast before, but I'm part of Crosswater Outfitters, which is a fishing jug fishing ministry, and we go out on Lake Conroe and Lake Buchanan in Central and East Texas, and it's nothing for us on Cut Shad to catch, you know, some that are, you know, I've held 40s, I've held 50s, I've held 160. Uh, on every weekend we go out there, which is twice a year usually in uh, December and January. And um, you know, after you catch a bunch of big catfish like that, you kind of begin, you know, people kind of marvel at you. But I mean, after a while, it's just kind of like, oh, it's just another day on the water, you know. But um, <laughs> you talk about a fish of a lifetime. I mean, you know, that's 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 great. I mean, that's awesome. It truly is. Um, I I tell people that come in, I said, hey. You're welcome to fish down there. Um, it's gravy. It's no charge. And uh, uh, we get tremendous stories. Of course, guys, um, the good eaters are the three, five, six-pounders. Right. You right. know, those are all the good eaters. You're smaller and, uh, fish, right. Kind of, and uh, you will catch channel cat, too. Go ahead. No, you're telling me that, that you're catching some 50s off of your dock. I mean, off of the fish cleaning station. I mean, that is, that's something to speak of right there. I mean, normally you got to go out on the water and set up a bunch of jug lines. That's what I typically do with my fishing ministry. And you're telling me that you guys are just, you know, rod and reel fishing right off of the side of your dock where you're cleaning fish and catching big old 50 pounders. That's great. I know, I know. I mean, that, no, you talk about gravy. I, I think there's a better word for that, but I mean, gravy <laughs> is fine, I guess. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Oh, it is. It's great. You know, we just love to see people catch fish. And, you know, folks, that's one thing about being a professional guide. We enjoy seeing you catch fish more than we do. It's right. just, it's, it's what we do. It's the passion that we hold. Exactly. Exactly. It is that passion and it is about seeing, especially you and I talked about in the last podcast, kids catching fish, which is something I'm huge about. I wrote a uh, uh, article on our fishgame.com website not too long ago about panfish one-on-one, about just the basis of taking your kids bank fishing on any given river or lake, what to use, you know, just to get them started on the basics before you take them out on a big guided trip like this um of you know how to reel how to set the hook and those kind of things and i think that's important but i mean you guys have a blast with the kids but you know almost as much as you have a blast with the adults right oh man we are so big on kids uh, <laughs> i know you are the, the business end of it guys it's the only discount we offer they are future fishermen yes i've always said that when a child grows up and he comes to a crossroads where there is a left and a right turn if you get them in the outdoors, hunting, fishing, hiking, kayaking, anything, that they're most likely to take that right turn and make the right decision. Right. So we're big on kids. Oh, my goodness. We've got so many stories. And being in business this long, 
we've seen these kids grow up and now start bringing their kids. So that's that's a blast. You were telling me on our last show, you know, the one of the things you you will see on your calendar is you know three gen or something like that, where it's three generations of fishermen that it came back when you were guiding. You know, in your early days, we're taking the grandfather, taking the father as a kid, and now taking the father's kids. Is that right? You got it, brother. Um, I'm old fashioned, folks. I do embrace technology. Uh, e-commerce is the computer is our backbone, but I do everything in a handwritten planner. Right. And Chrissy, my assistant, who's been here a couple of years, first month she was here, she took the planner to enter it into our operating reservation system, and it said Dustin Warnick, and it said, you know, three people, three gen, G-E-N. She said, what is three gen? I said, and I highlighted, circle it in red. I said, that's three generations, just like Dustin said. That is a grandfather, a father, and a grandson. And folks, there's nothing better. Talk about, you talk about a legacy of passing on to generation to generation. You know, I mean, that is, that's beautiful. And it's great. I, you must feel so proud, you know, to have that kind of uh, legacy. You know, I'm, I'm very humble because I give all the credit to the lake. Um, I guess I'll tell you one of our rules. I tell all our guides through the years, here's the best way to make this happen. Leave your ego at the dock. Right. Go out there and treat people the way you want to be treated. That's great. Never let the tail, never let the tail wag the dog. You're the captain. Catch a bunch of fish and have fun. Mm-hmm. And if that goes off, you've done your job. That's right. Guys That's right. have a tendency to be a little bit egotistical, um, but I've always joked. You can go out here and you can catch fish so often, so many days in a row, and I teach them all, don't crow, don't cry, because just about the time you think you're the gift to these fish, they don't let you down gently. <laughs> <laughs> they school you, as it were, right? <laughs> oh, oh. Captain Chris just went through that. He was a, he had 100 fish on Friday, and Saturday he didn't hurt them. Uh-huh. Um, Didn't inflict oh. any, any pain on the population at all, huh? <laughs> I know it. <laughs> it can turn off as quick as it turns on. That's fishing for you. He called me, and I said, and he wasn't the only boat. We had seven boats out, and uh, probably three out of the seven struggled. And I just said, it wasn't your day. Right. Go home, lick your wounds. We offer people lucrative makeups. And, uh, you know, what's funny is all three of these charters that struggled had 12 to 15 fish. So that tells you how great this lake is. We didn't get skunked. Right. No, we just great. didn't. We really don't think we earned our keep if we don't catch over 15 fish. Uh huh. Well, that makes sense. And tell me this one of the things that has turned on, you know, even when striper fishing isn't, you know, just hotter, hotter than, than I'll get out, one thing that you guys do really well is sand bass or white bass. Is that right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, Folks, how do I start? <laughs> Where do now, you start? <laughs> southern Oklahoma. Again, we are on the Texas-Oklahoma border. The lake divides the two states. We are an hour and 20 minutes from downtown Dallas, two hours from downtown Fort Worth, two and a half hours from Oklahoma City. And um, so we're right here on the border. And we all, North Texas, South Oklahoma, with the El Nino year, year before last, 
just made the most prolific white bass ponds, and a white bass will live to be four years old. The striper will live to be 15 years old. Mm -hmm. We have been, well, I mean, I was joking there for uh, six weeks. We were calling ourselves sand bass. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's great. You know, we had a striper sand bass mix, and then when the fish move, traditionally, the fish will move up onto the flats about the 1st of August. They come out of deep water. Well, the sand bass came, and the striper stayed down in the deep water. So I tell everybody that calls their expectations, and I say, who can drive by a school of surfacing white bass to go catch the elusive striper right now? I mean, who drives by schooling fish? Right. Nobody does. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to stop and fish that school, you know. I mean, that's just what it's about. I had two dads and two sons come up here, and they kept. Now, when I say keep, there's no minimum length. The the, the, the limit is incredible. It's 25 per person per day. Wow, that's great. So I tell people your average day you know, I try and stay conservative. I don't want to throw the guide under the bus, you know. But I say, sure. on a good day, you're going to clean anywhere from 25 to 50. We clean them. 25 to 50 fish. But you'll have caught and released another 50 of smaller fish that we just call them rejects. Let them grow. These <laughs> white bass, I've got pictures of 19-inch white bass. I've never heard of such a thing. Holy smokes. And, I mean, you talk about constant action. I mean, I've seen some of the videos that I've been editing for you that are, that are um, you know, just one person hooks up, the other person hooks up. Both people bring in, you know, some fish, two on a line, you know, because y'all have so many. I mean, that's crazy, you know. Right. I mean, right. wow. Yeah, so that has been great. Now, we'll talk about the striper in a minute because in the last 10 days, these last two little cool fronts have kicked the stripers off. But the sand bass, just incredible. I've got pictures that are just overflowing coolers. Um, and I want to explain something to the people. These fish are here to harvest. There's nobody that is more conservation-minded than Striper Express Guide Service. Right. So they have to be managed just like deer just like game you have to manage them so i had that two dads and two sons come in here and they cleaned 118 we call them magnums folks these fish will go three pounds <laughs> magnum and fish i love it we of course posted it put it out everywhere and i got a call from some conservationists we won't say who they are, but I'll give you their initials, P-E-T-A. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I've heard of them. And um, a, a post, a quote, a statement, a comment on the post was, did you have to keep that many? And I said, well, thank you for you know saying that, but this guy today was catching fish for a church fundraiser. Right. Now, if you notice, these fish are huge. These are the biggest ones. Chances are they are in their last year. Yes. So we released another 100 that day and do daily when the sand bass are running. So, you know, I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but those fish 
we're like a buck that is not going to be there the next year. Right. They, they, they've run their course. In other words, the big ones have. Right. Their life is that they're in their last, they're in their last uh, year of their life. And, uh, oh man, sweet meat, good eating. Oh, yeah. You know, folks, the sand bass is a native fish, white bass, and it is the baby cousin of the striped bass. Mm-hmm. So they do the same exact thing. They school, they they splash, they surface, they run all together. And like Dustin said, we tie a little eight ounce jig of eighteen twenty inches above the slab, and you will catch doubles. Now that's so much fun. Now when you're out there doing that, and all of a sudden your rod wraps against the boat and almost breaks it. You've got two stripers that took both those hooks. Oh my <laughs> goodness. You're in trouble then. <laughs> oh, buddy, buddy. Two, two, two stripers fighting and swimming different directions. Golly. It is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I, we've been doing that for years. We've got a nickname. We call that the double trouble rig. Double trouble rig. I love it. That's great. <laughs> it works great. Now let's back up a little bit. I started fishing this lake in 77. That year, I caught a white bass, and my guide got excited. And, folks, I came from a lake where it was mostly white bass. So I said, well, what's the big deal? He said, you don't know the history of this lake. So before the strikers were introduced, this lake was legendary white bass lake. They still have sand bass festivals in Medill, Oklahoma, right across the lake every year. Hmm. The old-timers told me that literally you could see 100-acre schools of servicing white bass. Now, when the striper was introduced, I was a touring bass pro, and everybody thought that the stripers would eat every living creature in fresh water. Everybody went, oh, no, this isn't going to work. Well, the sand bass population went down, and the stripers went up here, but my guide explained we had a thread-thin shad freeze. And he said it knocked him down so hard the stripers were prolific and took over. And let's explain about the shad, shall we? Sure. Okay. There's two types of food forage for the striper. 92-plus percent of their diet is shad. There's two types of shad. There is the thread-thin shad that will grow to, let's just say, four inches. Then we have the gizzard shad. The gizzard shad will grow to a foot long. So um, having a thread fin freeze, which happens, folks, and usually in January when there's been a very hard winter and the bait is in shallow water and you have a die-off. Right. So that happened to happen, oh, I guess a few years before I started in 77, and the stripers took over and uh, this new run on white bass is just phenomenal just unbelievable and it's and you know there is 150 licensed guides on this lake Ooh, no and competition everybody <laughs> <laughs> gee whiz man you never told well, me that before wow people ask me through the years why don't i have striper express on our boats and i go because today is your day to catch fish not their day mm-hmm because, folks, when you have the guide bo- boats of choice, people tend to follow you. And if you put two falcon boats, which is the guide boat of choice, together, you're going to draw a crowd. There's just no doubt about it. So 
we've got all sorts of tricks. Um, I've had people before, I go, hey, here comes a boat, and they're really looking at us hard. If you don't have a fish on, fold your arms and look like you're mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. What a tactic. <laughs> and we sit down and fish a lot because this lake will get pretty rough. But, of course, when we're standing up and fishing, that's when I say, sit down, sit down, sit down. There's a boat coming in. And we're very friendly. If somebody's coming in to fish, we use hand signals. We tell them, you know, slow down. I point to where the fish are. But then there's people that are pleasure boaters that I've even had people on board in my career that go, I had no idea this is what this was. I'd be in my boat, and I'd just run right over them. These are really fish schooling. And I go, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so they had no idea when these splashes were happening. Because, folks, we're talking about the surfacing. When the fish drive the bait to the surface, the bait can run, but it can't hide once it gets to the surface. So the fish literally bust. They splash, and you can see them for miles. Whoa. And that's another thing we, we've talked about many times before, you and I have, on um, watching the birds, which are some of your best Ooh. fish finders on the lake, you know, versus your electronics. Watching those seagulls, um, they're seagulls, right? Yes, they are. Okay. Okay, I just want to make sure I had that right. Yeah, watching those birds, and you'll find the fish underneath those birds because they're catching those shad that are driving to the surface, right? That's correct. And uh, the birds have arrived right now. Um, they come every late September, and they will stay here until the last of April. Um, they are what we call the best free fish finder you can get. <laughs> That's great. That's a great term to use. That's good. Oh, folks, these birds have such great eyes. Uh, they can see. And right now, we're going out early in the morning. We're throwing topwaters for an hour, hour and a half. And it depends on the sun and the cloud cover because we're catching these fish in very shallow water, and they are light-sensitive fish. So the bait moves into the shallows. The fish follow. We blind cast. That means they're not surfacing. They're just there. Right. So we cast these big six-inch poppers, and we catch the fish. And then when we stop that, depending on cloud cover, hour, 90 minutes, we pull out our field glasses, binoculars, and look for the birds. How cool. They will they will get up in literally hundreds of school and they're, and they're starting to come in and there'll be more and more and more. Just had some guys stop by the office that are from Denver. They come in, four guys come in four times a year and they asked me, they said, uh, we want to get back sooner uh, than spring. And I said, hey, there's no doubt that the planet is warming Right. December has turned into our second favorite month of the year. Hmm. Now, what we do is you can you can be pulling out of the harbor, and maybe, if you're lucky, take your pick of which school of birds you want to go to. How cool is that? Wow. Again, folks, awesome. schooling fish, schooling birds, um, what we do, I want to talk about the technique. Yes. What we do, folks, is when you're motoring up a mile away, you look and watch which way the birds are going. Now, the birds are always going to be flying into the wind, but if the fish are going downwind, you make a big, wide circle, and you stop, and the fish are coming to you, and you're ready. You don't ever want to drive through them, because that'll spook them. Right. And when we have these big groups of 
birds and schools of fish. We just make, as soon as they pass us and it's over, we make another big wide loop. Never turn and go straight into the school of fish. Just make a big wide loop and get way ahead of them and let them come to you. And, uh, oh, it's just a blast. And I, I wrote a story last year. Got some regulars that come in from Iowa. And these are serious outdoor fishermen. And the story was about they never had to start the motor. Oh, really? That's cool. They got on a school of fish with a north wind on the Oklahoma bank. And the school stayed together. There wasn't a lot of boat pressure to spook them, to bust them up. Right. And the guide literally fished south to the Texas bank without even starting his motor. They had five-hour drift and never started the motor and were catching fish the whole time. <laughs> That's just fun right there. <laughs> I don't care who I, you are. <laughs> I, I had to interview those guys and, and, and get the story and write it. Right. That, that's as good as it gets. That is know? as good as it gets. That's great. Never have to start the engine up. Just, uh, just coast with the fish. <laughs> I know. It was a great story. Folks, uh, I do love this lake, and I hope you put up with my uh, my um, my passion because yes. I can't get revved up over Lake Texoma. <laughs> That's great. And so right now the top water starting to be strong. Uh, I'm reading this from other guys in other Texas lakes. For those of you that aren't listening, that that aren't going to Texoma, but you know, top waters for both whites and stripers are starting to get hot right now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, now it's going to be a multi-species trip, so you'll catch white bass and striper. Right. Uh, the topwater started last week, and uh, that little cool front that came in last weekend was the final cool front that drops the temperature down below 77 degrees. Sure. That's when it starts. It peaks from 75 degrees all the way down to 65. So that means that we usually have these fish on the shallow banks until about the first 10 days of November. So it's top water time at Texoma right now. That's great. So it's a great time to call and book a trip, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, the top water is worth the price of admission by itself. Right. It's so exciting. It's explosive. I, I mean, you and I have talked about that before, oh. too. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's uh, it's explosive, you know, how those fish just get up and hit that, hit that top water lure. I mean, there's nothing else like it. Oh, it's incredible. They're so voracious feeders. Uh, folks, uh, I am a writer, but I'm Striper Express first and foremost. Right. And I, I, I've written so many articles about topwater, and I'm writing one right now, that uh, I explain to the people that this is not like, a, there's not a learning curve. Uh, all you need to do is get your plug out there, because these fish aren't, hiding out on the shady side of that stump like a largemouth would. Right. Uh, they can be anywhere. So I say, just get your plug out. Anytime your plug is in the water, you're in the strike zone. Mm -hmm. So I've got stories of people lifting their plug out of the water. <laughs> the last plug is out of the water, and a fish comes from <laughs> under the boat. Kaboom! <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Literally come out of the water, grab that last hook, and this is what it sounds like. This <laughs> slams and it. Wow. It just slams it. The rod wraps against the boat and 
folks, you had the drag on a reel, but a lot of people don't realize the rod tip fights that fish is as important as the adjustment on the drag. Yes. So when a fish is so strong, that close to the boat, it pulls the rod tip straight towards it. You, I, 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 People get upset when they lose them. It's so exciting. They even throw water on you. Uh, <laughs> you get a, you're in the splash zone, not just a strike zone, Bill. <laughs> oh, I, I wrote a story about a guy turns around and he's wet all around his, uh, um, below his belly button. Right, right. His whole bottom and, half is soaked. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we made a joke that he got so excited that he um, had an accident. <laughs> well, it wasn't an accident. That fish turned tail and water right up in his lap and he was soaking wet splashed him wow that's great what i i know i love it (laughs) what i explain to people is i go even a seasoned pro cannot get his rod tip up fast enough these fish are so strong Mm -hmm. they've got every advantage they took the hook right at the boat and that's what it sounds like sounds like a 22 going off when it snaps your line (laughs) Wow. I mean, what other sport in the world besides maybe hunting do you get that kind of feeling, that kind of rush, you know? I mean, this is why we fish right here, you know? Well, Jimmy Houston one time, uh, Jimmy is a friend of ours, folks, and if you don't know who he is, he's one of the icons in freshwater fishing, had a TV show for 35 years, and just a fine fella. Jimmy one time asked me, he said, Bill, ask me what my favorite fishing is. And so the camera was rolling. I said, Jimmy, what's your favorite fishing? And he said, throwing Cordell pencil poppers for stripers at Latex Oma with Striper Express. Whoa. And I grinned and I went, you can't buy that kind of advertising. No, no that's, that's a perfect endorsement for Striper Express right there. <laughs> that's great. Wow. I hope, folks, that we've explained what top water is. Yes. It is throwing a floating surface plug out and the fish comes up and nails it. And uh, we've got stories. Uh, a fish, uh, it simulates a crippled shad. Mm-hmm. So the fish, curiosity goes, well, there comes a fish that's hurt. He's run across the surface. And sometimes they will tail flap it to stun it. Right. And the plug will fly three feet up in the water, <laughs> in the air. You'll and, just see it pop up and then fall back down, huh? Right. And I tell people, I try and give them every tip and instruction I can sure. before we go out in the morning. And I, because this happens so fast and it's so exciting. And uh, I tell them, I go, okay, if your plug disappears and the fish comes up, he slaps it, it lands back on the water, and he comes up and he swirls on it and it disappears. And I say, don't set your hook until you feel that fish pulling back. Until you feel that pressure, right. Because we joke, it's like a toilet flushing. <laughs> Boom, the, the plug disappears. <laughs> and trust me, folks, that plug, if you set the hook, it comes back a lot faster than it went out. Right. <laughs> right back at you, too. <laughs> yeah. We call it incoming round. <laughs> incoming round in the boat. <laughs> yep. Hooks on the fish, not the fisherman. <laughs> oh, man. How so much fun is that? So you wait for the fish. 
that's oh man, you can tell I get excited. Just, I mean, Dustin, get in your truck and come up here, and we'll go in the morning. Yeah, that's right. I'm heading to Texas, Lake Texoma. I mean, that's just what a blast. And I mean, you know, this isn't the only lake that this is possible, but I mean, this is a dynamite of a lake for topwater fishing. Is what I'm trying to make the point for this podcast. I mean, this is just oh. a blast. You can do this on other lakes for white bass and striper, but I mean, it is. Uh, you know, it's unbelievable on your lake. It really is. Um, we're just so blessed. Just so blessed to have this natural phenomenon in this great fishery. Uh, is there anything else? We're about at our time here for the podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, like to visit and give, give folks a way to contact you as well? I don't want to give out the wrong number at the end here. <laughs> okay. Well, um, of course, right now, folks, the legendary fall fishing is cranking up. Uh, did I mention December being our second favorite month of the year? Yes. What's your favorite, favorite month then? Your top favorite? May. May. Oh, that's May. right. We talked about that on the other podcast. That's right. I forgot about and that. It's pretty easy to reason why. We are all lining up. Clients are calling by the Super Bowl to get in for the beginning of the spring top water. Right. So we start looking for the fish mid-May, mid-April, and usually the last week of April we find them. People are lined up, we pre-book, and May is top water for the whole month. So there again, folks, we're talking top water. Right. Uh, it's just a hoot. Uh, the fall fishing is happening right now. These fish go year-round. They're voracious feeders, um, just a heck of a sport fish, great for young and old alike, and I'll tell you how to reach us. Absolutely. Please do. All right. If y'all got a pen, folks, I'll give you our phone number. Mm-hmm. Our phone number is 903-786-4477. That's 903-786-4477. And you can easily find us on the net at striperexpress.com. And I will put those notes in the show notes. People get on a podcast. I don't know if you know how this works yet, Mr. Bill, but on a podcast when it's downloaded or when it's streamed, there's a text portion of it. And I'll put all that information there so people can just click through and see your link uh, to your website or they can just see your number and call you directly. So we'll do that. Awesome. Hey, Um, we have packages. We have lodging here at the marina. Uh, One thing I'd like to say in closing, beginning November 15th, we board and depart at 10.30 a.m. It all has to do with water temperature. Right. Water temperature first. It makes for a simple drive for most uh, 10.30 board and depart. And number three, 10 to 15 degrees of solar heat on your back in January and February is welcome. It feels good, yeah, with the cold weather and everything, sure. So you can drive in if you're within a couple hours pretty easy, and a lot of people will come in and fish and spend the night and go back out the next day, and then when we're done, they just push on. But we've got great lodging. We've got packages. Um, y'all just come and running, folks. Well, and then also the other thing I don't want to forget to add is that you do corporate business-to-business you know, outings and um, different uh, different corporate trips and incentive trips and that kind of stuff as well. Isn't that right? Oh, yes, sir. Yep. Uh, tomorrow we've got an 18-man group coming in. Wow. Uh, Friday we've got a 27-man group. And on Saturday we've got another 18-man group. I guess we didn't tell folks. We run a seven-boat fleet, and uh, with pre-bookings and you call in time, we can fit you in most of the time. Um, but, yes, we do cater to groups. It's a great way to reward the team and, of course, uh, entertaining clients, 
if they like to fish, they don't forget your phone number when you take them fishing at Lake Texoma. Right. <laughs> that's a good, that's a memory that lasts a lifetime. It really is. Oh, it's such a great lake. Dustin, it's a pleasure. I give the lake all the credit. We're Striper Express. We've been here for 33 years. That's great. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast, Mr. Bell. My pleasure. And all you outdoors men and girls and kids, have a great year. And if you want to catch some strippers in Lake Texoma, just give us a call. Thanks again. All right. Thank you, sir. Oh, my goodness. I laughed so hard. I apologize for all the laughter. I just get excited about this stuff. I love talking fishing. I love um, everything that has to do with the outdoors. I especially love doing this podcast with you every couple of weeks because we have a lot of fun sharing with each other, you know, on a, on a show where I do an interview. I have a lot of fun sharing with the other person the different things that you can do in the outdoors. And uh, I just have a blast sharing that with you, you know, in turn, the listeners. So I'm really excited about having the opportunity to do that. And um, please be sure to check out our website, fishgame.com, at the Texas Outdoor Nation with uh, Texas Fish and Game. And also you can visit me at dustinsprojects.com, all one word. I have some definitely some really good content on my website, hunting videos, fishing videos, a lot of different articles that I've written and links to things that I've done on fishgame.com and in the magazine and, and different things like that, which is exciting. And also, if you've not done so, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you found the show, and please subscribe to the podcast, so that way every Thursday you get your new podcast downloaded on your mobile device or however you listen to the show. And uh, that's a way we can stay in touch. If you register on Podbean, you can do that, or you can do that, of course, on um, on your smartphone with whatever uh, RSS or... Um, media player you use for podcasts so that's what i'm trying to say but anyway thank you so much again for reading watching and listening and have an awesome day in the outdoors Mm -hmm.